0: Welcome back! So glad you could join us today. I'm excited for today's episode. Um, you know, the giftings and callings of God are irrevocable, and I believe that that counts towards really not just the blessings that He might bring into your life, but quite frankly, the giftings of the prophetic or of visions of encounters of the supernatural in your life. Um... You know, a lot of people might have this idea that supernatural occurrences only happen to um, if you're a believer. They only happen to people that that are already believing, already living the Christian life, so to speak, or those of pure of heart, or what it, whatever it may be. You have a religious stipulation around who can have an encounter, and I don't believe that's true. I actually believe that every human being regardless of their, uh, spiritual beliefs has the ability to, uh, to see some level into the spirit realm. Now, um, to caveat, I will say that doesn't mean that they're seeing correctly or that they're using their gifts correctly because it's all about source material. So who is your source? And I think before you, you know, Jesus, your source for supernatural activity comes out of your, your, uh, you're gifting that you're given at birth, um, which would be the way you hear God. And some of us are wired totally differently. So some people are are more seers than anything. Some people are feelers. But um, I actually believe every human is born with one of these ways of hearing the Lord. And it's up to them to figure out, A, how to how to get that language, and B, change the source. And what I mean by that is, if you don't know Jesus, your source material is coming just from your own gifting. You have the, the ability given by God to, to uh, use this to manipulate people. This is where we get psychics and and people like that that can tell futures. And I'm not talking about the frauds. I'm talking about the the people that you may have run across that are genuine, genuinely gifted at being able to tell you things about your future, your past, whatever it may be but they're not equating it to Jesus. And this is where I would say this is the gifting of God on their life, but it's being used by the wrong source. It's being used to fuel um, only themselves or it, at worse, and um, actually pretty normal for people that aren't believers. It's being used by the devil uh, or by the demonic forces of this world in order to manipulate not only the person using the gift, but the people that are receiving from the gift. And so, um, I just wanted to cover that in this episode and actually share a couple stories with you. And, um, I might just hit on one that, that happened to me before I knew Jesus. And quite frankly, um, well, it might be tough for somebody to hear that, but I'm hoping that, um, if, if you're one of my listeners that has heard, um, or seen, or, or done something where maybe before Jesus you had a supernatural encounter, or maybe you don't know Jesus and you're having these encounters, um, I wanted it to be a normal conversation because it's something I think that gets avoided a lot, not just in the church, but just quite frankly in everyday life. And a uh, part of a supernatural life and a supernatural life with Jesus is is not thinking you have the answer to everything it's actually realizing that you often don't and being okay with the mysteries that exist and you know i think a a lot of the problems that the world faces and and definitely in the church are a result of people who didn't know the answer to something giving a blanket statement and pretending because we've been taught that we're supposed to know the answers you know we we look at our western school uh, culture and quite frankly, they don't care how you get the answer. They just care that you have the answer. And and so it's this weird, um, you know, like indoctrinization of you should always have an answer. And I think that's a really messed up worldview, quite frankly. And as Christians, for sure, as true, genuine believers in God, I think we should be the most comfortable with the, I actually don't know the answer to that, and being okay with it. You know, the, the idea of Jesus is the answer to everything, that's true, but it's also not, and, and I don't think that we should um, manipulate that, because it waters not only the gospel down, um, but quite frankly, you know, it, it, it doesn't make us very um, reliable And people that have genuine problems that don't know the Lord, that statement doesn't make any sense to them. And too long, we've accepted this idea that the ideas of, excuse me, the ideas of the kingdom and of God, like, it's okay that they don't make sense because it's this higher thing. It's this higher knowledge, whatever, you know, whatever you, you internally have told yourself that it's okay to say ridiculous things to people that have no grid, um, I think that's absurd and and quite frankly, it's the opposite of what I see Jesus doing, not only in the Bible, but every day of my own life. You know, in fact, he says, if you can't understand things of this world, how how could you understand things of the Spirit? And so often we try to use things of the Spirit to explain things of this world when he was walking around using physical examples to teach us about supernatural uh, lessons. And so... When people that have physical problems or they have earthly problems come to you with your problems, if your answer is something, you know, like, well, Jesus is the answer to everything, that's a supernatural mystery that is going to be very hard for that person to grasp. And and even sometimes believers, of course, you know, we have hard times grasping things of the spirit because we're so inundated with spiritual answers to physical reality problems. And I I find that to be an issue. And um, so anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox here, uh, at least for a few minutes. And I want to share this story. It's actually the first time that I remember having an open vision. And um, there's plenty of lessons online and in person from multiple different people that can explain to you the difference between a vision, a trance, whatever. And, and maybe one day I'll go into it, but I don't find that necessary right now. Um, but just so you know, this is an open trance and, and again, I, I did not know Jesus. So, um, at least not in the capacity I know him now. I was 17 years old. I believe I might've been 16. Um, actually pretty good chance. I was 16. I'm, I'm just trying to, uh, get my facts straight, but you know, uh, in the, in the depths of drug abuse and getting high every day, I was with my two best friends and we were at my, uh, my buddy's apartment and, you know, like usual, we had planned on, you know, we're going to get high, you know, we're there to get high. We're there to hang out and, you know, do whatever. And I love this man. Um, (laughs) I won't name him, but He has, um, how do I put this gently? He's kind of like a germaphobe, you know. I don't know that that's the accurate way to say it, but essentially that's what it is. Is you know, he's he's a little bit of a germaphobe. He's a clean freak for sure, and and I definitely was um, a lot more so in uh, growing up and in high school. I was I I hated um, germs of any kind. I wouldn't let anybody drink you know the same beverage as me or. Uh, There were just certain things that I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or like, you know, shaking hands, like any anything that like involved me having to like intermingle my outward, uh, you know, like um, germ culture life with somebody else's germ culture life was like, absolutely not. This is my ecosystem. Don't come in. And uh, and he was very much the same. And so when when my friend and I got to his apartment. Uh, he let us know that we he was not going to let us smoke at the house and uh, until he had been able to take a shower Well, he was out of shampoo. And so we argued for a little bit and we're like, come on, like, let's just take a quick one. And he was like, no, no, we can't. We can't do that until I've had a shower. Like, absolutely not. So get in the car. We're going to go to the store and because um, he wouldn't want us. He didn't want us to stay there, probably because he knew that we would just smoke without him while he went to the store. But he decided he need you know, that we should go to Kroger. And so we, we walked outside, we got in his car and we, we headed over to the Kroger just down the street from him. And it was so funny. We, we walk in and, you know, of course, you know, uh, my other friend and I will call him T. T and I are just like laughing, you know, uh, having a good time. Like, you know, we're, going through slight withdrawals because it's probably been four or five hours since either of us had, had, uh, smoked, um, you know, or taken a dab or anything. And, and so of course we're like trying to keep upbeat so we don't start getting super pissed at each other. And, and, um, my, my other friend, will call him, we'll call him C and, um, so C is, like, looking around the store trying to find shampoo. He's, like, irritated at the two of us because we're not helping him find the shampoo. And then uh, finally T and I get get a little frustrated, so we're like, all right, like, we're going to go find it. And and it's not like it's that complicated. I think it's just the fact that the three of us hadn't been sober uh, in a very long time for that long that we were it – w- it was making it difficult to walk around the store sober. And so anyway, we, we finally – we find this shampoo aisle we've been there about 15 minutes and we walk over we're looking at you know C is looking at a few different uh brands of shampoo that he wants to buy he's taking his time and and I'm looking around the aisle and then out of nowhere um you know my two best buddies are like right in front of my line of sight and um I just it, it's like as you know I explained this in the earlier episode it was very similar where out of nowhere, out of my physical eyes, the only thing that I could see was like a white canvas. And and different than um, when I encountered Jesus, it wasn't a blinding white light. This was this was simply like like an artist's sketch pad, and it was everything. Everything was white. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see objects. I couldn't see my two friends. I couldn't see the store. It was just this blank canvas um, everywhere I looked, and. As I stared at it, um, I lost complete sense of my physical body and of my physical surroundings. I was 100% in this moment, in this white canvas. And I started seeing the outline of a building in front of me get drawn, like literally like lines, like a 2D image start getting drawn in front of me. And um, and then I quickly realized, like, OK, I'm looking at glass windows and then it, it it went up to the roof and then and then came back down. And and these two glass doors got drawn on like a very much like a like an artist's uh, painting. And once the uh, outlines were done, then it color started filling in and, and it became it went from 2D after it completed to 3D. And then once it hit 3D, I began to watch as these two glass doors in front of me opened and closed and opened and closed and opened again. And when they opened the third time, um, this woman walked in, and I say woman, it was you know, 18 uh, year old girl, uh, and her, um, what I felt in this encounter to be her boyfriend, her new boyfriend, and in fact, it felt like this was this wasn't just any girl. Um, when I looked at her, I thought, well, that's my ex-girlfriend, but that doesn't make any sense because, you know, of course she lived, um, so far away. And so it was this very strange, like, how would she be here? Why is she here? Um, why would she be bringing her boyfriend here? Like, why would they pick this Kroger? Like none of it, none of it made a whole lot of sense to me, of course, you know, but I'm in the moment and she walks in and, she's laughing with her, uh, again, with what felt like her boyfriend and she's got a hooded jacket on and, and they take a few steps inside the door. And then she looks at me and I, I realize that down by my feet and like around me has also been filled in this, this painting, this 3d image. And I'm now at the checkout aisle number four. And so I'm like, okay, I'm in a store. And so she sees me and as soon as we make eye contact, she puts her hood over her head, grabs him by the hand and they almost not run, but they very quickly walk uh, down the bread aisle of the store to get away so that we don't have to have a conversation or you know, make anything more awkward than it is and and i hadn't seen her in i don't know how long and of course i had a lot of heartbreak and so um just seeing her even in my what i thought at the time as like this superimposed imagination thing that was happening to me this supernatural experience um was painful and so uh after she darts down the bread aisle i'm i'm standing there for a second longer and then um all of a sudden the whole vision's gone and I'm just looking straight ahead. And in front of me are my two friends, both kind of like waving their hands in front of my eyes. And uh, T looks at me and goes, "Uh, what's wrong, Scooby-Doo? You look like you just saw a ghost. And the looks on their faces were like of genuine concern. Like they have been trying to get my attention for several minutes. And I'm just standing there. um, I'm imagining staring off into the daze. Maybe my eyes were flickering. I have no idea. All I know was, you know, what was happening to me. But, but yeah, I'm like looking at them and I'm like, um, I'm not really sure. And, and quite honestly, I was so terrified at what had just happened. I'd never experienced anything like it before that I didn't know how to tell them. And, and the fact that I was sober when it happened was all the more, um, wild and crazy. And, um, weird and, you know, hard to explain to my, my two pothead friends, like, uh, what was happening to me. And so I, you know, I ignored it and then they were like, oh, come on. So, so we walk over, we begin to check out and, and so, um, C is setting his, you know, items down, he ended up getting something else too. And he goes to scan them and I look up and I realize we're at aisle or we're at checkout number four. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And so I look in front of us where the checkout is and I realize, oh, the vision that I just had wasn't just a store, it's it's this store. And of course, you know, this is maybe two to three minutes have passed since this very weird experience. And I realized we're at, we're at checkout four, just like I saw. I look in front of me and I realize these two glass doors are the same. What the heck? Like, this is weird. And the doors open. You know how, like, when you're in a grocery store, sometimes the doors, like, who knows if it's a ghost or a freaking angel or a bug or something triggers the doors to open without anybody being there. So the doors open and they close and they open and they close and they open a third time. And then sure enough, the third time they open, this girl walks in with again, a man I don't know, but I assume to be her boyfriend. And just as I'd seen just moments before, she walks in, sees me, puts her hood over her head, grabs him by the hand. They dart down the bread aisle to avoid me. And I am petrified, man. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm like, what the heck? I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to I don't know what to do about it. I don't know to, what to say. And so I thought about that. You know, of course, we go back to their house, I got high and, and and tried not to think about it. But it bugged me the rest of the day and for days on end. And I thought, maybe I'm insane. Maybe I'm bipolar. Is this what happens to bipolar people is, you know, am I am I clinically insane? If I tell somebody, are they going to send me to a, a an asylum? Like, what the heck, you know, it's actually funny now because looking back, I'm like, wow, that's absurd. Like those things would not happen to you. Um, well, they could though, I, I suppose. I'm, you know, depending on your culture or the people you're around. Maybe here in Michigan, it, it, that might be the thing. But, but at least now, from the people I know, the communities that I found, I'm like, oh, this is actually a much more normal experience than people are aware of. But I didn't know anything about it then, and so I, I don't remember exactly how long in between, but. But within a week or so, um, my sisters and my mother and I were on our way to a high school football game and we were driving back home and, you know, it was late and we were playing like an hour away and, um, you know, or maybe it was a basketball game. I don't really remember, but I know that there was a game, a high school game that we were on our way to and on our way back from. And my sisters fell asleep and I thought, okay, if I can tell anybody it's gotta be my mom. (laughs) I don't know who else does, you know, I don't know who else to talk to. And, you know, maybe she'll think I'm crazy, but at least I'll have told somebody. So I kind of lean over and I'm like, mom, um, this really weird thing happened to me. And, and so I tell her, I tell her what happened. I tell her the story. Of course, I don't mention the drugs that were involved normally, um, but she did her very first question after I got done, I told her what I saw and then what happened. And she said, Art, were you high? <laughs> and I said, no, I wasn't high, like at all, which what was extra funny to me in the moment. Cause at that point in life, I'm like, didn't quite think that my mother was um, aware that I was involved in some kind of drug activity, but, um, obviously she had some kind of suspicions at that point And, and anyway, I, I'm just like, I tell her and she, she you know, she's like, okay, um, I have no idea what that was. Uh, but that sounds really crazy. And maybe you shouldn't tell anybody else. And she said it very gently. So I know people are going to hear that and they're gonna be like, what the heck? Like, you know. What a terrible thing. But honestly, it was so good to just get it off my chest and and that at least somebody knew that this crazy thing happened to me and that I can't explain it and I have no grid for it. And, you know, of course, now I can look back and realize like how normal these experiences not only should be, but, but quite frankly are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, if that happened to me at 17, I guarantee there are other people in this world, believer or not, that are having wild experiences that they're absolutely terrified of sharing. And so um, this episode and this this podcast itself, I'm, I'm like, man, I want to go after those people and and I'm here for you man like this is this this podcast is 100% to talk about strange occurrences and strange things and I'm gonna have people on here that are from all different walks of life. Um, from different perspectives, and um, I'm I might even have some non-Jesus uh, followers on this podcast just to talk about what's going on in the world and what what is what should be considered normal that that quite frankly has a stereotype of being ridiculous. And you know, when we say the supernatural, again, we think all these other things, and really, we should be equating the supernatural to reality itself because our perception of what is happening around us is not as real as the supernatural. And, you know, so we have things in this world that have, have gained notoriety, like like TV shows that I love, like Skinwalker Ranch um, and, you know, other things or like The Haunting in Connecticut, you know, whatever they may be that people are drawn to. And, you know, the, it's TV, they're movies. So things are dramaed up. They are made to be more ridiculous than they are, or they're made to be more intense. They're made to be more scary. There's all these things tied to them. But the reality is a lot of these things, they have nuggets of truth. They have nuggets of reality. Now, I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying, if you're going around thinking that the world is all peaches and cream and you know, it's all peaches and cream, babe. Like, there's just nothing going on. There's, there's nothing beyond the trees outside and the cars driving by and the people in the coffee shop sitting next to me. You know, I hate to tell you this, but I love to tell you this. You're so wrong. You're so completely wrong. And it's okay to be wrong because we don't need to know everything. We just need to be a little bit more aware. So I hope that that story... Um, encourages some of you today, or at the very least, um, excites you, or explains things. And, and quite frankly, for some of you, I hope that it brings some relief that you you find yourself relieved when you're like, "Oh man, yeah, I had I had this weird thing happen to me." Like, I don't know if I can ever mention that to somebody. Like, okay, maybe I can. Maybe I can tell people, or at least reach out to me. Um, you know, I make myself somewhat available. more available uh sometimes than others um that is the nature of being more of an introvert is some days uh very open and some days i'm like don't talk to me (laughs) Um, but you can always send me a text or a dm i'm happy for those i won't give out my phone number here but if you have it feel free to reach out to me and if not feel free to reach out to me on our uh instagram pages it um My personal one is Isaac Beck three, two, two, four. And then of course, our Jesus is supernatural podcast. You can find that at supernatural Jesus on Instagram. So would love a follow. Um, Again, reach out if you want anything. Thank you so much for joining in this week's episode. It's going to be a quicker one than some of our other weeks. So happy you could be here. And I'm really excited for next week's episode. And for the guest we're having on, oh, my gosh, you are going to love it. What's up, party people? Thanks for listening to the Jesus is Supernatural podcast. This podcast was edited and produced by Nikkeo Productions. To check out other shows by Nikkeo, just search Nikkeo Productions wherever you listen to podcasts.